Hi there, today we're going to finish our high-level tour in the world of Web3. And today we're going to talk about NFTs, or non-fungible tokens. What they are, what they represent, and how we actually think about them. NFTs have gone kind of mainstream, but I think it's worth going over it because I believe they're vastly misunderstood. They're usually called overpriced JPEGs, or art you can save with a right-click. And while all these might be true, it's also possible to think of NFTs as the next base layer for human consciousness. Now, I'm kidding, but NFTs are cool and they're not what you think. They're a call for adventure, so let's dive into it. So last week we talked about fungible tokens. Um, tokens are like currency and are interchangeable. Whether you own one particular dollar or another particular dollar doesn't really matter. NFTs are the exact opposite. They're unique, and while they can be traded and exchanged, they can also have different properties or different abilities. It's usually easy to think of NFTs as a piece of art or a piece of property, or a title on a piece of property. But NFTs could also very much be a passport or an identity card. Basically anything that would benefit from being distinguishable from the whole. And even if you created a thousand of the same exact NFT, the giant computer, which is the blockchain, will always consider each and every one of these thousand NFTs different and unique. Or at least it will be able to distinguish them. And so if in the future you added properties or you created new experiences for that NFT to access, the chain will be able to recognize it differently than every other. But usually... The least amount of editions of that same NFT, the more valuable it becomes. And so even if you try to scam people by copy-pasting the image and create a new NFT with it, the computer will always be able to recognize the true one NFT. It's a bit like house keys, basically. Even if it looks like another one, the one key will only work with the corresponding lock. So NFTs will be any number of things, and it's safe to say that they'll continue to evolve and we're just scratching the surface here. But on the community side, a model has emerged called PFP, which stands for Profile Pictures, and it's usually a series of unique avatars with different characteristics and dif different traits and different level of rarities. We mentioned uh, Board Ape Yacht Club and CryptoPunks in a previous episode, and they've basically grown into a community and their own massive brand. And while they confer both social status and belonging, they also confer their owner, full ownership, over the character, which means the brand itself. And so the more the brand grows and becomes valuable, the more the owners of each avatar benefits. And so unlike fashion luxury brands, for example, that allow you to buy into the luxury and the social status by buying product, and therefore that's why you buy a new car or a new costume, etc., etc. But the main difference is, is that while you can own the product, you don't own the brand. And if the brand accrues in value, you most likely won't benefit from it. Your product stays the same. And so while from the outside, those board ape projects or crypto banks might appear silly with crazy value attached to it, from the inside, it makes a lot of sense. One more thing luxury brands can do is that those avatars also confer belonging into a very exclusive community. And the more valuable the community is, 
the more content, the more access, the more experiences you'll have access to. And therefore, the more people will want to be in, and therefore, the more the value will accrue. And so, social status in Web3 isn't going to be how much stuff you have, but what community do you belong to and own. And of course, you can try to right-click the image and appropriate it, resell it, and scam people as a new NFT. But you cannot scam the blockchain because the blockchain knows which one is true and which one is false. And people get hang up on this idea that somehow the value is in the JPEG or the GIF. But it's not. It's the contract itself, which tells you who created it. And unlike La Joconde or any painting in the Louvre, it doesn't take a team of historians and experts to authenticate their origin and whether it's the true thing or not. It's actually really easy to tell whether you own the right NFT or not. And now let's say we're talking about a piece of art. The argument that says, because the art only exists digitally, it has no value. Or that because the image that represents it, the JPEG or the GIF, is easily reproductible, therefore has no value either. Well, first of all, not only those are the same kind of argument have been given to artists since Picasso, who was drawing too fast, or making abstract art that somehow was too easy to make. Or the same kind of scandal when Andy Warhol was just putting a tomato soup can in a gallery and call it art. And so art has never been about the JPEG, or the GIF, or the soup, or more recently, the banana and the tape on the wall. That one might be fresher in memory. Just check out Maurizio Catalan. Anyway, that's what happens when you try to tell people what art is. They're going to put banana on walls just to annoy you. And even if you think the art is shit, just don't say it's not art. Best not to tell artists what art is and crypto people what value is. Because it's an argument you can't win and it's taking us away from what's important. Which is, in both cases, discovering new experiences and learning something new about the world or ourselves. And so we talked about NFTs being at the intersection of social status, possibly art. Now let's talk about game and storytelling, which is really what Crypto Z is about. And because I think it's always easier to understand with an example, I'm going to talk about a project called Loot, which you may or may not have heard of, but it took a lot of people by surprise, me included. If you discovered Loot for the first time at launch, all you could see is a list of words on a black background, instead of a cool artwork that we've seen so far in PFP projects to represent the NFT and the smart contract, all you had was a list of words taken from the fantasy world that look like wearables or items or pieces of equipment a playable character could wear. So imagine your basic like helmet, armor, belt, shoes, weapons, rings and things like that. Things you would find in a Dungeons and Dragons or Lord of the Ring. But no reference into which world it actually belonged to, and no reference to what they could be used for. It simply said, you can do whatever you want with it. And so when I say that the most interesting NFTs are actually not about the artwork, this is a case where there's not even an artwork to look at. All the NFTs had the same font and the same exact layout. No visual cues whatsoever that would give away any information about the place of that particular NFT in the collection. I mean the value or the scarcity. In short, Loot, this project that's worth millions and millions of dollars, is just a spreadsheet. 
or so I thought at the beginning, until I realized what loot was really about. A call to adventure. A promise that we're going on a journey together. In the case of loot, a game, an unspecified game, in which your loot will be a character in the game, and possibly the only way to play the game. Basically, an adventure you cannot be part of without owning a loot, which is maybe why it was so successful, because the adventure is the making of the game, and participating becomes creating. And the loot itself is your ticket of entry in all future experiences and all future adventures in that world. A ticket that may accrue in value over time as more experiences and adventures are built upon loot. Or maybe could just go and accrue to nothing if the community didn't agree on what needs to happen next. Because at the end of the day, the true value of an NFT is in the hands of the community itself. And so, of course, there is an element of speculation here on so many levels. And entering those communities early on when the ticket of entry is accessible and low risk is a completely different question than entering those communities later on. And so the NFT is a proof of play, is a proof of stake in that project. It signals every other member or the public that you're serious about this. And this is why NFTs are much more than an artwork. They become part of your identity, even if it's temporary, even if it's just for a season. For some, it will become the new fashion. For others, it will be the new entertainment industry. And so NFTs have already proven to be a lot more potent. They actually jumpstart communities seemingly out of nowhere. Except this adventure comes with ownership. But for the first time in history, you can invest into future experiences. Not because you want to get a product out of it, but because you want to belong in a community. Because you believe in what they stand for. For example, the first NFT that I ever bought is for a DAO called Pulsuite in which now I'm an executive member. And even if I'm not exactly sure what the plan is, and I might actually rather not know, I know just enough to want to jump in. I know the core team is super talented, that they have the best taste in music, and that the term executive member is just a way to roleplay in a nostalgic world of leisure. I mean, I already love the tone and the flavor of what they've created so far, and I'm excited to meet the other members, because even if I don't know them, I know that we have something in common. We're here to have fun, and we're both part of the club. And holding their NFTs is the only way I'm going to be able to have those experiences and connect with new people. And this feeling of excitement and belonging and be part of an adventure would not even be possible without Web3. Now, this is a very personal take on NFTs and what I am personally excited about in that space. And while obviously I was joking about NFTs being a new layer for consciousness, I do think NFTs could be a new layer for human interaction and new experiences. Now, I realize I haven't talked about CryptoZ at all or what we're planning to do with NFTs in the coming month, but I just wanted to take the opportunity with a few episodes to level everybody into what I think is going to be possibly a huge revolution. And this is why decentralizing CryptoZ whether it's NFTs or the agency token, and putting ownership and storytelling decisions in the hands of the holders 
is the most exciting path I can think of for cryptozy, because the size of the mythology and the lore of this world can literally support any kind of project or amount of value the community wants to develop or create for it. I hope those two episodes help clarify what Web3 is and maybe give you a new perspective on that totally crazy space, which I don't want to make it sound like a rosy picture, and it's not like I agree with everything that's happening, but I just wanted to explain what the adventure for CryptoZ really meant. When it comes to what we're going to create, how we're going to build it, that's for us, the community, to decide. And if you have been looking for a place to start in Web3, CryptoZ could be your community. I hope this was helpful, and if you'd like to be part of the conversation, feel free to join us in Discord. The link is in the show notes. This might forever be the best time to jump in, so I look forward to meet you there. Thank you so much for listening, and see you next time.